0: When you switch to Frontier Gig Service, you don't have to worry about your internet dropping out at the worst possible times. And you can talk to friends and present in work meetings without sounding like this. Seriously, no more of that nonsense. Change to fiber. Change to better. Upgrade to Frontier Gig Service on our 100% fiber network for fast and reliable total home Wi-Fi and get a $300 Visa reward card on us. Exclusive offer for qualified households only. Go to Frontier.com slash GetFiber for complete offer details. Service is subject to availability in all applicable terms and conditions
1: Welcome, I'm E.G. Marshall, keeper of this little lighthouse that casts its feeble flicker into the awesome darkness all about us. This time we are concerned with time itself, time, elusive time. Time is never the same in two distant places, never the same for different people. For some, time goes slowly, for others, time goes quickly. Some use time. Others pass it. And yet, isn't time the staff of life? Time is really all we have. Because when time runs out... Our mystery drama, The Murder Market, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Rosemary Murphy. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Arnheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. People have investments in stocks and in businesses and all sorts of enterprises. But these are investments involving money. The most important investment someone can make is the investment in another human being because this is an investment in time. After all, lost money can always be regained. But lost time? Our heroine's name is Theodora, Theodora Lewis. Significant might be the fact that no one has ever called her Taya or Teddy or Dora or Dory. It's always been Theodora or Miss Lewis. That's because she's such a sensible young lady. That's the word that broke the camel's back. Sensible. It's a word I've hated all my life. And what did it ever get me? Finally, I did something about it. Something wild and crazy. Yes, me, Theodore Lewis. I had no way of knowing it would be that kind of day. It not started prosaically enough, the way all my days did. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, dear. Your breakfast is ready. I'm not hungry. Oh, be sensible, dear. A solid breakfast is the foundation for the entire day. Is Stanley coming to dinner tonight? No. He has to study. Oh, poor boy. He works so hard. But it'll be worth it. You'll see. Yes, Mother. In just a few years, he'll have his Ph.D. In another few years, I'll be 40. Darling, what the two of you are doing now is difficult. Don't worry, Mother. I'll wait for Stanley. I have to. There isn't anyone else around who wants me. Theodora, what a thing to say. You're in love with Stanley. Yes, Mother. I I was only joking. Well, never do it again. Do what? Tell jokes. Why not? Men don't like it. All this women's lived to the contrary, not with Now, Mother... Femininity is a fragile essence that a woman must carefully preserve. I understand. And I've preserved mine for 36 years. Stanley worked in a bank. I had a job in an insurance office nearby. At noon, we'd meet in the park for lunch. Each of us brought a sandwich from home. Well, it was sensible. Stanley estimated that between us, we saved over $20 a week that way. Our savings went into our joint bank account. We already had enough of the down payment on a house. Well, at this rate, by the end of the year, we'll have enough for the furniture. Stanley. Yes, Theodora? On our itemized list. I notice a down payment fund, a furniture fund, a contingency fund. Well, we have to have one. Suppose one of us gets sick. Shouldn't we also have a separate fund for a honeymoon? A honeymoon? Well, shouldn't we go on a trip? Oh. Well, actually, if we did take some time off from our jobs, yes. we should put that time to very good use. How? Oh. Make the new house ship shape. We, well, I could do the painting, and you could do the planting, and... But aren't we entitled to a honeymoon, even a small one? Ah, uh, yeah, right. After the ceremony, we should go to Atlantic City for a day or two, and then come back and get started on the house. Hey, it's it's five to one. We'd better be going back to our jobs. Uh, see you tomorrow, darling. Uh, call me tonight, Stanley. Uh, listen, I just had this thought. It isn't as if we don't see each other every day, huh? And it's late night call, well... It's 17 cents a night, and over the year, that adds up to... Oh, Stanley. Oh, forget it, darling. Sure. We are entitled to a few luxuries. We said goodbye to each other, and I started back toward my office. A little boy who was chasing a big yellow and red ball ran into me. He was about four years old, but very well-mannered. He apologized with a shy smile. He had the bluest eyes I ever saw. I looked at the sky and noticed a perfect match. And looking at the sky and the bright sun and the green, green grass, I said to myself, why do I have to rush back to that stuffy office? In 15 years, I've never been as much as 15 minutes late. I, I would just enjoy this day for a little while. And If they didn't like it... Well, if they didn't like it... You do talk to yourself a lot, girl, that's a fact... I beg your pardon? You want to be late to your office? Well, go ahead and be late. Are are you a mind reader? No, I'm a lip reader. You mean after 15 years, they'd fire you if you walked in late just one time? No, they wouldn't do that, but they wouldn't like it. What do you do? I'm a secretary in an insurance company. Who? Bailey and Witherspoon. Do you have to work for a living? I have to support myself. And my mother. She's been a widow for over... a year. see how lonely and insecure you are. What did you say? Here I am, a perfect stranger. If I ask you two or three more questions, you'll be ready to pour out the story of your life. Uh, where are you going? Let go of my arm, please. Well, it would be better for you if you listen to me. That's a police officer just down the end of the path. What about it? What about it? I- I'm going to... You're going to do nothing, and you know it. You see, you're even too timid to call for help. You're afraid there might be publicity, something in the morning paper. An item in tonight's newscast. And somehow it might even be interpreted as your fault. After all, I'm a very dignified old gentleman. Oh, please, let go of my arm. Will you stay? I'll stay. All right. Let's get back to your job. You work there... Fifteen years, you must be pretty good. How would you know? Well, would they have kept you if you weren't? It so happened I am very good. The only reason I spoke to you in the first place is that you remind me of a girl I used to know. Oh, I see. What do you think, you see? The prologue to a proposition. Oh, don't be cavalier about propositions, girl. How many of them did you ever get in your life, anyway? You... You'd be surprised Don't play woman of the world with me I know you too well How would you know me? You only started talking to me a minute ago I come here every day I see you sitting on the bench with him I say him Because he dresses like a man Although personally, I doubt it Stanley is the finest man I know Then you're in a bad way Why does he sit here and munch peanut butter sandwiches? Why didn't he take you out to lunch? Because we can't afford it. When I said you remind me of a girl, that wasn't the start of a proposition. What was it? No, just an old man and a nostalgia. But now I see you're not like her at all. Well, on the surface, perhaps, but... Eh, you don't have her fire, her ambition. Who... who was this girl? Oh, somebody I knew. Almost... Fifty years ago. Doesn't matter now. Well, it's costing me too much money just to sit here in the sun. Right, girl? It's hidden. What's hidden? It's hidden under a layer of fear and lack of confidence, but I think you got the basic stuff. Go out. Do something with your life. Before it's too late. The paper down. You'll be late to work. Theodore, I'm talking to you. Yes, uh Yes, Mother. You know how annoyed they are at the office when you're not on time. Yes, Mother. What are you staring at? This picture. Look. Well, oh, that's J. P. Carson. I've heard of him. Everybody's heard of J. P. Carson, a not a finger in almost everything. It says he's acquired another company. So that man was J.P. Carson himself? Which man? The man I met. You met J.P. Carson? Where? When? Yesterday, uh, on a park bench. What would J.P. Carson be doing on a park bench? Better run along, dear. I wonder if he'd remember me. All the way downtown, on the crowded bus, I kept trying not to think about it. I even refused to face what it was. I got up at my stop, as usual, went up to my office, as usual, and maybe I wasn't concentrating on my work, but Mr. Peterson came by and warned me about being careful. And his tone of voice was even nastier than usual. And before I knew it, I was on my feet, and I was looking down at this mean, vicious little man, and was this me? was I actually saying... Mr. Peterson, I have put up with you and your nasty temper for more years than I care to remember. Take your frustrations out on someone else. I shall no longer pay the price for all your personal inadequacies. I quit. What? Well, I'll be, you'll be fought. How'd you get in here? I got off the elevator. The receptionist was busy, so I just sneaked by her. Ah. We must never tell her. It'll break her heart. Then I stopped the girl. I said I was new here. Where's the boss's office? <laughs> she told me. And? I want a job. You got a job? I quit. Well, after 15 years? Oh, well, why do you want to work for me? Because you make me feel I'm somebody. I can learn from you. And I'm a good secretary. Would you give me a job? I have two secretaries now, and they complain about overwork. Answer the phone. You're working. Oh, Mr. Carson, answer the phone. Mr. Carson's office. Is he in? This is Al Ferris. Are you in for Mr. Al Ferris? Ask him what he wants. Mr. Carson would like to know what you want. You tell that bandit. You tell Mr. Carson that I'm going to kill him. He says... He says he's going to kill you. You tell him... He's not man enough. Mr. Carson says you're not... um, Mr. Carson says, don't be silly. Yeah, you'd better believe it. And Carson had better believe it and the whole world had better believe it. Before Carson drives me to ruin and disgrace, I'm going to kill him. How's the new job? The first time she answers the phone, did you hear what happened? What kind of operator is this J.P. Carson, anyhow? Maybe Theodora will hope she was back in the insurance office when I return to you with Act Two in just a few moments. We're told that certain primitive tribes taught their children to swim by tossing them into the water. In this manner they developed some excellent swimmers. They also lost quite a few kids. However, there are those people who deliberately provoke a sink or swim situation. For example, our heroine, Miss Theodora Lewis. Did you hear what I said? Yes, Mr. Ferris. You tell Carson. You tell him I intend to kill him. Hand me that phone. Ferris. Listen, Carson. Now you listen. Don't force I'm me, to... Ferris. Instead of weeping bitter tears, you should be out raising the money. But, Mr. Carter. Oh, if I had a dollar for every threat on my life, I'd retire 20 years ago. Uh, What's your name? Theodora Lewis. Oh. I knew a girl named Theodora once. I met her in Shanghai, 1934. When I was with the Marines. She said she was a Russian princess. (laughs) That's another story. Now... I have a business meeting at the Lake Forest Resort Hotel in New Hampshire. I have to straighten some people out. Ah, what time is it? Ten o'clock. Well, you'll have to rush. Take a cab home, pack enough things for four or five days, and be at the airport in time for a 12.30 takeoff. But, Mr. Carson... You'll see a sign that says Private Aviation. Ask for my plane. You mean you want me to go with you? Well, you're my favorite aren't huh, but, you? But it's a short notice. When you work for me, you're on the alert 24 hours a day. But... Uh, to meet my fiancé at noon. Right in the park? For lunch? I'm going to break that up as the last thing I ever do. Uh, take a tennis racket and some swimsuits and uh, dinner is always formal. I can borrow a dress. No, you can't. You buy something up there and put it on your expense account. I can't afford to have a secretary with a hand-me-down look. Well, don't just stand there. We don't have all day. <laughs> you mean you're going up to New Hampshire? Mother, I, I don't have time to go into it. But let me have your suitcase. Well, what will Stanley say? Or call him at the bank. Theodora. you know how they frown on personal calls. Then you'll have to go down to the park at noon and explain. Explain what? Theodora? I strongly disapprove and I suspect Stanley will too. You had such a good, secure job and this man, Carson. He's no, notorious. He's always involved in a lawsuit. Mother, I only have one life And if I wait too long, I'll never get a chance to live it. Theodore, you used to be so sensible. What's gotten into you? I don't know, Mother, but it's wonderful. I thought it was a dream at first. Only yesterday, I had been bored with my life. And today, I had an exciting, thrilling new job. Suddenly, I was staying at the kind of luxurious resort I had only seen in the movies. In my briefcase, you'll find a folder marked United Merchandising. You got it? Yes. Uh, type up copies of all the papers in the folder. Do it in your room in the morning before breakfast, and then you can have the rest of the day off. I'll be in a meeting most of the time. Is there anything else? Well, that's enough for one day and one night. Oh, nice. pretty dress. You do have good taste. Pity Stanley can't appreciate it. Mr. Carson, I'll thank you not to discuss my... My personal affairs. I like that shade of red Matches your hair Now, there are some very interesting Unattached men you can meet up here Mr. Carson, I happen to be engaged Yeah, I know to, What's his name? Stanley <laughs> Please How could you even consider him? Mr. Carson, I, I must Oh, resist. be quiet Why do you think I brought you here? Because I figured you could do yourself some good. Good. Come in. Carson, I have to talk to you. See me tomorrow, Ferris. Now, look, tomorrow's too late. I'll be frozen out. You should have thought of that before. Uh, J.P., let's make a deal. Don't make me laugh. You'll you'll regret it. Please, close the door gently on your way out. Won't you give me a break? Will you have to give me a break? I don't have the money. You know how to raise it. All right. I warned you. The trouble with you, Al, is that you don't know how to lose. And the trouble with you, J.P., is you don't know how to win. That was the same Mr. Ferris who called you at the office? Oh, yes. Al Ferris. He looks desperate. They all do. All? Hmm. They all get over it. See you at breakfast. Good night, Mr. Carson. Now, wait a minute. Check the folder and see if you have a paper marked options. Options? Uh... No, no, I don't see it. I must have forgotten to place them in the folder. Uh, Look through the briefcase. Yes, sir. Here it is. It says options. Good. Put it in the folder. And now tell me what's wrong. Wrong? Yes. What's wrong? Nothing. Uh -uh. You'll have to learn to lie better than that. Especially if you want to get along in this world. Well? Why... Do you carry a gun in your briefcase? My dear Theodora, you obviously refer to my forty-five caliber Colt automatic pistol. Whatever it is, I never know when I might need one. Have, have you ever needed one? On occasion. <sighs> I never knew anybody who carried a gun around with him, I mean, except policemen. Well, I play a rough game for high stakes. You talk about a game and, and, and rough. Those men who are here, they look like wealthy, important business leaders. Well, it's all a game. And in games, you have winners and losers. Some people lose hard. They say things like Al Ferris did. But I... None of these characters has the guts to follow through. I expect to die of a very ripe old age. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to fall off the tree. Uh, you got that option paper? Yes, sir. Right here in the folder. Guard it with your life. I will, sir. Yeah, actually, you might take the forty-five. Me? I wouldn't even know how to hold it. You speak around with me and you might have to learn. Besides, I am morally opposed Ah, to... you get that from Stanley? Mr. Carson, I want one thing understood. Yes? I... I love Stanley. I doubt it. You may not approve of him, but you don't have the right to... That's to... where you're wrong. I can't have a secretary whose life is being ruined by some anemic imitation of a man. Stanley is it's kind and considerate and sincere. You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I hate you. I inspire that emotion in people. All right, getting back to Stanley. Don't you say another word about Stanley. You you make me so mad I I could kill you. All right, close the door gently. Oh, Oh, I beg your pardon. No, no, it was my fault. I I should have watched where I was going. I was just sweeping the hall. Excuse me. It's all right. Uh, Hey, listen. You look like a nice lady. Can I give you a word of advice about what? I'm an expert. Because I also married a guy more than twice my age. Never fight with them. They can get a heart attack. Oh. Oh, we're not married. Oh, you're not married Okay Well, at least take the old buzzard for all he's got Oh, oh, no, it's nothing like that Eh? Nothing like what? Like you know what? I'm just his secretary Oh, sure I mean it and that conversation I just overheard—that didn't exactly sound like a business talk between a man and his secretary. If you'll excuse me, you know, I'm just trying to do you a good turn. Listen a little better here. I've been around. You kind of knew it. that you Knew it what? Ain't gonna be just fresh looking and pretty clever. I don't have the faintest Go idea. Go what... home. Marry that nice guy. That his name is Stanley. Stanley. How do you know about Stanley? What's the matter? I never went to the movies? I never seen the story before? What story? Your story. You want to do something for your guy Stanley. So you figure you'll go away for the weekend with sports. That's the most ridiculous... I heard the whole thing. You were telling him all about Stanley and he laughed at you. And that got you so mad, you said you'd kill him. Now, did you deny that... I don't know why I'm standing here listening to you. I'm only saying this because I'm a little older than you. I'd like to help you, straighten you out. Don't kill him, but I have no intention. Don't! You can't get away with it. And second, Stanley has got to stand up on his own two feet. You know what I mean? Thank you for your advice, even though none of it was necessary. I was amused. I was more, I was even flattered. To think that I, Theodore Lewis, could be mistaken for a seductive woman of the world, the kind who. who went away with rich men for weekends. Hello? Oh, it's Mr. Ferris. You're, uh, Carson's secretary. Yes. New, aren't you? Very new. Well, then, let me, uh. let me buy you a drink. Thank you. I. I don't drink. Well, you have to drink something. Well, I. Let's just, uh step into the bar. But I... It could be worth your while. What did you wish to talk about, Mr. Ferris? You're his secretary. We've established that. Well, you know all the papers he has with him up here. Where's this leading us, Mr. Ferris? I'd like to have a certain paper that's in his possession right now. Why don't you ask him for it? Oh, I know what his answer would be. Then you know what my answer must be. I'll give you $5,000 for it. Good night, Mr. Ferris. Miss Lewis, don't force me to do something
0: desperate.
1: You ever, in your entire life, I, who had never experienced... Even the slightest semblance of intrigue was now just about immersed in it. And don't think I wasn't enjoying every single second of it. Well, I finally fell asleep. I had a very strange dream. Although none of it was as startling as reality or the reality of the past 12 hours. Seeing my dream was interrupted by a loud explosion. And did I wake up? I I don't know. But I became conscious of a loud, insistent knocking. And now, I was wide awake. It it, it was still dark outside, but I thought perhaps, it was Mr. Carson. Some important emergency. No rest for the weary on this job. I slipped into my robe. Just a minute. Oh. Uh, Miss uh, Theodora Lewis? Yes. What are you staring at? Well, I guess I'm staring at you. May I come in? Why? Oh, uh, my name is Frank Harmon. I'm the sheriff. The sheriff? Uh, yes. The sheriff of this county. Well, come in, I I suppose. Is something wrong? Oh, yes. Yes. There's been a murder. A murder? Of Mr. Cotton. Mr. Cotton? No, no, no it, it can't be true. He was found shot to death about an hour ago. Oh, that, that's terrible. Uh, Do you know who did it? Well, we have prime suspect. Who? You. You talk about action. Here's what we gave you in rapid succession. She meets Mr. Carson on a park bench. She gets a job as his secretary. She is accused of being his mistress, and now of being his murderer. How much deeper can she fall? For that, you must wait for Act 3, which I shall bring you in just a few moments. most of us are unaware of it, for life is usually predictable, despite the poets and philosophers. We do know what tomorrow will bring. It will bring us whatever it brought us today and yesterday. For in the main, we cling to the security of the tried and the true. It's only when we attempt to break the mold. Well, look at what happened to Theodora Lewis. I, you... Accusing me of murder, Sheriff? Well, let's say you're a prime suspect. But I, I would have no When reason. was the last time you saw Mr. Carson? Uh, uh, just, just after dinner. Where? In his suite. And you didn't shoot him? No, uh, of course not. Uh, why should I have killed Mr. Carson? Well, someone heard you threaten him. But I never... Could have a witness. <gasps> You say you get me so mad, I could kill you. And did you say that, Miss Lewis? Not, not in that, not in that context. But you did say you get me so mad, I could kill you. I was standing there right outside the door. Why don't you tell him the truth? I am telling the truth. The truth being that you went away with him so you could help Stanley get a promotion. This is this. Stanley doesn't work for Mr. Carson. All right, thank you, Betty. We can talk to you again if we need you. You should have listened to me. Now, get yourself a good lawyer. Uh, Miss Lewis, would you mind telling us why did you come up here with Mr. Carson? I came up here because he asked me to. Well, that doesn't really answer the question. Why did he ask you to? Because I... Because I was his secretary. Okay. That should answer the question. Well, I'm afraid it doesn't. Why not? Because you were not his secretary. He hired me. Well, I checked with the company and there's no record of an employee named Theodora Lewis. He only hired me yesterday. Well, even so, you should have been on payroll. Well, no, because... Yes? You see, I... Oh, I know how this is going to sound. I... I sneaked into his office without anyone seeing me. And I was hired then and there, on the spot. Yes. And he never had a chance to say anything about it to anyone because two hours later we were headed up here, you know, on a matter of business. Mm. You sneaked into his office to ask for a job. Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, what made you do that? We had met the day before. Oh, where? On a park bench. And he told me I was wasting my life. Yeah. Which I was, but now I wish I'd never listened to him. Well, if you didn't kill him, who did? Who did? Oh, I know. I know a man who had the motive and who threatened him. The murderer is Mr. Al Ferris. You threatened Mr. Carson twice. Once on the phone at his office. Oh, that is not true. And again this evening in his room in front of a witness. And who's the witness? Me. Oh, Sheriff, sure. I'm afraid this poor young lady is uh, touching at straws. Do you deny that you threatened Mr. Carson. Why would I threaten Mr. Carson? Because he he had you at a disadvantage, some sort of business disadvantage. That's why you threatened him. Oh, now, that is an absolute lie. J.P. Carson and I were the best of friends. But I heard you say... Uh, That will have to be all, Miss Lewis. You can go now, Mr. Ferris. But like everyone else, you'll have to remain here at the hotel. Why, certainly, Sheriff. And I, uh... I'm sorry, Miss Lewis. I tell you, he killed Carson. Carson had him in a bind. What sort of bind? I don't know. Well, you were his secretary. You don't know? I told you, I just started working for him. You just started and he took you up here? He wanted me to meet interesting men. Really? Why? Because he disapproved of my fiancée. Stanley. Stanley. I know Betty Halverson. She's a busybody and a gossip, but she doesn't lie. If she says she heard you threaten to kill Carson... She heard you. I was exasperated. I resented his attitude about Stanley, and so I... I I just... Well, don't you ever get angry? Not often. You meet him on a park bench, and he becomes your fairy godfather. You go away with him for the weekend. He promised. You delivered. He reneged. Do you believe that? Do I believe it? No. No. Thank you, Sheriff. But I'm just about the only one who doesn't. To everyone else, it's open and shut. Why don't you believe it? Uh, cause I guess I'm not very good, Sheriff. I think you're a marvelous. No, no. For any good. Would I be up here? Besides, I. I don't want you to be guilty. Oh, why? What am I to you? I wish I could say I had a strong clue or line of investigation but truth is I find you attractive and I uh Jeff, what are you saying? What am I saying? I'm repeating what my old man said to me. Son, one day when you least expect it you're going to run into a woman and it can be under the craziest circumstances. But you're going to know then and there, straight out, that this is the woman. Sheriff, is everybody crazy? Probably. Sheriff, I'm engaged. That doesn't alter the case. Sheriff, um, am I going to be accused of this murder? Yes. But if you think I'm innocent... Now, you listen to me. A lot of people had motives. Not me. If everybody thinks we've already got the killer... Then the real murderer might relax. That doesn't sound like a foolproof plan to me. Well, That's the best one I can come up with. I got all these people confined to the hotel. I can only keep them a couple of days where I can observe them. And Once they scatter, I lose them forever. And you're going to announce that, that I'm the prime suspect? Let's have some lunch. I'm not hungry. Well, it's time. You've got to be hungry. Please, I... I'm too upset Mr. Uh, sheriff I'm Miss Lewis' Rowe. What you got? Well When doubt Try out, out Send up the steak And the lobster Yeah The two With everything I'm not used to big lunches If you're going to live up here You'll learn to appreciate them Who says I'm going to Now listen If I'm going to be considered The prime suspect Then It'll have to be in the papers Yes I guess so And everybody will read it. Most likely. But... Yes? Maybe he won't read about it. Well, how are you today? Never mind about me. Have you found anything? How about lunch? Frank, you're not getting anywhere, are you? Well, these are big and important guys up here. And they're putting on the pressure to be allowed to leave... State's attorney says we can't hold them indefinitely, and so... Yes, thanks. The evidence against you is strictly circumstantial. I mean... I understand. And even if they decide to go ahead, you have every chance of being acquitted. And for the rest of my life, people will suspect that i am oh, Excuse me. Yes? Who? Hold it. Stanley Prentiss wants to see you. Stanley, he read about it. You want to see him? What must he be thinking? Is he in love with you? Yes. Well, then tell him the truth. And he won't think anything. You don't know Stanley. You know something? I think you don't know Stanley. Theodora, the reports in the paper, Uh, are they true? No. But but, but everyone says... I don't care what everyone says. I'm innocent. But the papers say the police have a strong case against you. I want you to know I'm innocent. Well, I had to run up here and see you. I told them at the bank that I was sick. That was foolish. Everyone at your office knows we're engaged... The we'll figure you came up here, did well, we We have to be sensible, Theodora. I need the job uh, for the time being. And so when Mr. Dittmar, the president, came over to my desk with the newspaper, he wanted to know if if it was the same Theodora Lewis who was my fiancée. And, and, what did you tell him? Uh, well, he's so straight-laced and conservative and all, I, I, I had to say it was another person by that name. Stanley. Oh, Theodora, I believe you uh, privately. I think you better go back to New York. Yes, I I can't afford two days off in a row. But I came here to tell you I'm in back of you. I I believe in you, dear. Thank you, Stanley. I believe in you too. Goodbye, darling. I'll write to you every day. Please do, but uh, don't use the bank stationery. Goodbye. I uh, didn't mean to eavesdrop. It's all right. You feeling okay? He was right. Mr. Carson was right about Stanley. And that's why I was so furious with him. Because he was right. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, Yes? Yeah. Hold it. It's J.P. Carson's lawyer. He's just flown up here. He's asking if you know about papers that are missing from Carson's briefcase. Yes. Uh, Tell him I've got... Hang up. Of course. That's it. The United Merchandising Options. I've got them right here. Carson wanted copies. Then why don't you give them to his lawyer? I will. As soon as Ferris is arrested for murder. Ferris? The room. Uh, Mr. Carson's room. Was it in disorder as if someone were searching for something? Yes, it looked that way. Ferris killed him, ransacked the room for these papers. Well, how do you know? Ferris was caught short in the stock market. Here, his agreement entered into last year. He has to deliver a hundred thousand shares of United Merchandising to Carson at twenty five. That's because he thought the stock would go down. But today is delivery day and the stock is selling for sixty. Now, now you know why Ferris wanted to kill Carson. But these papers aren't enough to convict Ferris. Suppose we see how anxious he is to get them. I know why you killed Carson. I I don't know what you're talking about. He had you in the ringer. You can't prove that. Why should I? If I turn the options over to his estate, you're still in trouble. If I gave them to you, you could burn them, couldn't you? Keep talking. Isn't it your turn to say something? All right, how much do you want? Two hundred and fifty thousand. Too high. To save you four million? Poor Mr. Carson. Pay my price, or you'll have killed him for nothing. Don't make me kill you, too. What good will it do you? You won't have the option. Oh, yes, I will. (laughs) You gave yourself away. You've got them, which means they have to be in this room somewhere. Well, Mr. Ferris, how many people are you prepared to kill? You'll have to kill me and Deputy Adams here. Deputy Hollis. No, oh, look, Sheriff, I I, I I I I was desperate. I, I had everything at stake. Well, what could I do? I Well, right now you'll have to go to jail. Jim, well, will you escort this gentleman? If he'd given me the options and behaved like a gentleman, he'd he'd be alive now. He could Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Do you realize this is the first murder case I ever solved? Well, it's really the first murder case we ever had. And you solved it. Thanks For believing in me. You were the only one who believed I was innocent. Up here we get mostly poachers, speeders. Frank? Nothing serious. Frank? City folks get lost in the woods. Frank? Ask what. What is it? Kiss me, please. And there you have it. The transformation of Theodora Lewis, who is now Mrs. Frank Harmon and doing nicely up in the mountains of New Hampshire. And do you remember what J.P. Carson said about Theodora's engagement to Stanley? He said, I'll break that up if it's the last thing I ever do. He had the gift of prophecy, that man. But like all prophets, he could see other people's futures, but not his own. I'll be back in a few moments. Pieces of paper. Fragile, perishable pieces of paper. This is what so much of life is all about. A piece of paper says you're wealthy. A piece of paper says you're a pauper. A piece of paper places you in a royal palace. A piece of paper puts you in a prison or a scaffold. Is your life just so many pieces of paper, too? We have pieces of paper on which we weave these fables seven times a week. Our cast included Rosemary Murphy, Robert Dryden, Anne Potoniak, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Listerine Lozenges. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Our Mystery Theater was also brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets, where you get a lot more for a little less. The preceding program was furnished by CBS Radio. This is Barry Farber. Join us immediately following the 8 o'clock.
0: There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer, where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire the s-curve and the spin turn and if you ride it make sure you do it in a dodge charger challenger or durango because on this highway the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons welcome to highway 93 dodge is a registered trademark